0: What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? This is Jeff Finnell, Sports 360, and I'm here with my cohort, Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Jeff. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, too. Doing good, man. Um, looking forward to opening day. Uh, we're a couple of days from the official start of the 2021 MLB season and I know you're excited I know a lot of people are excited so have a lot to look forward to got some March Madness going on NBA basketball um it's a lot going on so um you know it's you know Rob it's good to have again when you think about where we were last year at this time man is it good to be where we are um you know in our society but also in terms of sports
1: yeah man huge difference complete completely opposite from where we were a year ago i mean we're Mar- march 29th today i don't even remember i'm pretty sure we weren't talking about opening day coming up in a couple of days and here we are man i'm excited i'm hyped i'm ready
0: yeah do you know, um, I, in thinking about last year when everything began to shut down in sports and around the world, uh, in all industries, but in sports in particular, I remember the night that the NBA shut down after Rudy Gobert tested positive And watching some of the shows that night some of the commentators were saying that perhaps the NBA would be shut down for about two weeks. And it just really, as you look back on it with high, in hindsight, it makes you realize how much we didn't know what we had just stepped into. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, cause man, we, you know, looking back now, and even today, still dealing with the ramifications of it and everything else, it, this has been the most serious situation we've seen in our lifetime. Um, but things are getting better. Um, and seeing it in, in in sports with everybody back and playing is, is definitely good to see. And as we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, there, there will be fans in the stands. So uh, things are looking up for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a huge huge boost to just the morale of the country just having fans in the stands for these sporting events it may not seem like a big deal but you know what we've been saying the past few times we've been on that's a big difference and it makes a difference not just for the for the players but for the fans themselves just having that to look forward to you know and, and the teams are doing a good job i think of getting the safety protocols in place to make sure that it's a safe experience for the fans so you know it it's I, and I've kind of said it a bunch of times, but it is a breath of fresh air to just know that good things are coming, man.
0: That's right. The good things are coming. And um, and so we have the start of the season. And so with opening day just a couple of days away, I wanted to have our own baseball preview and have you take us around the leagues and talk about the various divisions and the teams in the divisions, who we should keep our eyes on, who are the likely playoff contenders, um, who are those that uh, might surprise. uh, Because every year there's always a team or two that sort of emerges and is better than you thought they were going to be. So just want to take a look around MLB and, and get a little preview and maybe even some predictions on who you believe will qualify for the postseason. So, um, why don't we do that, man? And you can start us off any way you want, and we'll go around the league, division by division. Yeah, man. I'll start with uh with your people, the Mets.
1: We'll start in the NL East. There. Oh. Um, oh. The, okay. Listen, the Mets made some great moves. They have some guys coming back. Um, I know Syndergaard's not coming back to, we'll say, the summertime around there. But he's coming back. He's throwing 97, 98. DeGrom is still there. Again, I, I said it last time. Somebody got to remind them that it's only spring training, the way that he was throwing the ball. Um, I think that's the toughest division, honestly, the NL East. They have teams, even, even the Marlins, I think their team, you know, they made the playoffs last year in the shortened season. I don't see them making the playoffs this year, but I think they're going to disrupt a lot of things in that division for a lot of teams. Um, I'll tell you, I I think the Braves are going to take that division, though. Um, They're better than last year, in my opinion. They're a year older for those younger guys. They brought in a guy like Charlie Morton for that rotation, who's a very underrated piece, I believe, and I don't think he gets enough credit. Maybe even dating back to the days in Houston, doesn't get enough credit for the kind of pitcher he is. But I think having that veteran presence in the rotation in the pitching staff in the clubhouse all that stuff is going to help tremendously for that club and you know we've been kind of waiting for them to take that next step especially when it comes to the playoffs. So I think they're going to take the division again. But that's going to be one tough division, man. I think it's going to be the most competitive division in baseball this year.
0: You know, and one thing about the Braves, I mean, you you mentioned Charlie Morton and You know, it's it's funny that he's he's underrated. It appears, but yet people who know baseball truly appreciate him, right? Because whether it was in Houston or you know uh, in Tampa, he's shown himself to be big time, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, which is going to be huge for Atlanta because. You know, Atlanta has won three divisions in a row, right? And, you know, it, they're on a streak. I don't know if they ever will get to 14 divisions in a row like they did <laughs> back in the day. But even when they were dominating like that, they still had a hard time actually winning. They only won one World Series during that string of dominance, right? Yeah. Um. So... For Atlanta, I'm sure it's not just about getting to the postseason. And you're right. They got further along last year. Probably should have beat the Dodgers, right? They had the they were, Dodgers yep. down, you know, three games to one. Probably should have beat the Dodgers, and they should have advanced to the World Series. But, you know, give the Dodgers credit for coming back. But like you said, they've, they have a, a good young core. They have good young pitching with Freed, and 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 Soraka's going to come back. Um you know, uh, they added Morton, but they also added somebody else, too. Drew Smiley, right? Yeah. Um, so they have they've, – they've added some some veteran pieces, and they still got Freddie Freeman in there and, and everything else. So I think you're right. I think they have to be viewed as the favorites to to win the division. Now, you didn't really mention the Phillies. What do you think about the Phillies? I think the Phillies,
1: they were – They've been kind of disappointing the last couple of years. I think they take another step forward this year. They revamped their pitching, which was disgustingly bad last year. <laughs> they were just bad. That was the biggest issue. They couldn't hold on to leads. nothing. Right. And they kind of added some pieces. Bradley, Archie Bradley is a good one to add in there. Um, I think they'll, they'll definitely improve over last year. I think having Dave Dombrowski in the front office as a guy who is not afraid to spend money, not afraid to make the big trade. That's kind of his, his reputation. He's, he's a guy who wins at the risk of, you know, maybe the foundation of the team later on, but he gets it done when he can. Um, they're definitely going to improve. Maybe they'll make a trade or two at the trade deadline or something like that if they're close, but I don't see them overtaking the Braves. Um, against the Mets, I, I think I have the Mets finishing second in that division. I don't know if the Phillies have enough to surpass the Mets, especially when Syndergaard gets back if he comes back and stays
0: healthy. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned the Phillies and, and their bullpen and, you know, like you said, they brought in Bradley, you know, another guy that I like, and I just really got a chance to, you know, become familiar with him in, in, in working on his salary arbitration case this year. Yeah. is Jose Alvarado. Cause he was with Tampa, yeah. the lefty, he has good stuff. um, didn't do that well last year. He was hurt, probably a little overweight, but you know, he's been pitching pretty well for, for Philly. But but here's the thing, and I think he will help their bullpen. But here's the thing about Philly is their starting rotation. Right. I you know, I I think that they have, you know, some issues there, right? I mean, they have Nola, they have Wheeler. Zach Efflin pitched really well last year. Um but you just wonder, do they have enough depth in, in the starting yeah. rotation? What do you think about their starting rotation?
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's still question marks once you get towards the back end of that rotation. And and that's why I, say, I think maybe Dombrowski is going to try to get a pitcher or two somewhere in the, at the trade deadline. Maybe just to kind of give him that little boost to maybe make a wild card push or something like that. But I think... You know, that that beginning of the rotation has to really do what they're expected to do and kind of hold it together until that back end of the rotation kind of figures it out. It's a big big question mark.
0: Yeah. But you know what's interesting about these teams, though? That offensively, they're all strong. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, they they should be able to swing the bats really well. I mean, these lineups are star-laden. You know, when you look at the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies. The Nationals, not so much, right? After Juan Soto, Trey Turner. I don't know who you have there. Yeah, they have um, – I think their lineup is going
1: to be pretty decent. I don't know if it will match the firepower of the other three teams, though. Definitely don't think so. But Juan Soto, man, the guy's special. He may be the best pure hitter, just hitter right now in baseball especially if he continues to play the way he's been playing. But I don't know if the team in general has enough firepower to compete with the, with the Mets, Phillies and Braves.
0: Yeah. Because I, I I tell you, I know they picked up Kyle Schwarber, right. Um, And I, I think the jury's out on Schwarber, right. You know, when he came into the league with the Cubs, he seemed like he was on the fast track to the hall of fame, you know, but um, you know he's Especially with he's, that with
1: that playoff run he had he sure. came back from the injury and yeah was raking and all that stuff yeah Yeah.
0: he just seemed like a a a natural born hitter yeah. who would just rake you know for years to come <laughs> but he he has some holes in, in in his in his in his swing and so um I, I don't know, and I think this is almost a make-or-break year for Schwarber—a uh, year to kind of rehabilitate himself. Um, and then they have the um, the Nationals have Josh Bell, right? And so we'll see what that does. You know, if that helps, but I, I don't know. Um, I think they're getting old in the rotation, though, right? With with yeah, um, I think they're. I think I saw
1: today that their youngest pitcher is. 27, I believe, Joe Ross. Yeah, and he's their youngest rotation guy.
0: So yeah, Scherzer's so, up
1: there. Everyone else is in their mid mid thirties, almost now. Even Strasburg yeah. feels like he came into the league yesterday. He's already up since he's in his thirties, thirty two, I think he is.
0: Right. So, I don't know. I think they're a little thin overall, but I, I tend to agree with you. I, I I like the Braves in this division. Um, I think they're the 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 team to beat um, and I would like to see my Mets come away with second place and a wild card, but it's going to be a fun ride in the NL East. I think, I think it's going to be very, very competitive top to bottom.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like I said, even the Marlins, they're not going to, they won't make the playoffs, but they'll make some noise. They'll they will give headaches to a lot of people to this year.
0: Okay. So you started in the NL East. So I guess you're going to go to the NL Central. And yeah, I guess you have to talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. And- <laughs> <laughs> Everybody should know how I feel about the Cardinals, man. But, man, um, well, I
1: got, I got them winning the division. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> man, I think that division, we're talking about the NL East being one of their most competitive. This division, I don't know. I mean, the Brewers always surprise you. Because when you think they're not going to be good, they suddenly become good. And, you know, they got a, they got a couple good bats. Um, I don't know if they're going to surprise us at the end of the season. I don't think they have enough. We have to see what the Cubs can give us. Um, the Reds, I think, have regressed. The Pirates are the, are the Pirates. But I think St. Louis has the best chance. They got Nolan Arenado now at third base. That adds to the offensive power. Uh, great defense, obviously, as well. That that's that's a team that I think they're gonna run away with this division. I don't think it's gonna be close.
0: You know, um and I don't know if this is because I don't particularly care for the Cardinals, but um <laughs> and, and no really because I, I think Milwaukee Milwaukee is either going to be very good or very bad. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think they're gonna be in between. And and, and I believe that if they if they get good pitching i think they they might surprise because i think milwaukee probably is defensively one of the better teams out there right yeah their
1: their outfield is pretty
0: yeah it's a strength yeah you know so i i, I think that's going to right cuz they got Jackie Bradley Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich yeah Right. And then they picked up Colton Wong um, to play second. And, you know, you just wonder if they can pick it that they could, you know, maybe help their their their, their starting rotation out and, and their pitching staff generally out a lot. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, but I think that either Rob are going to be very good or they're going to be irrelevant. Yeah. And I mean, they're...
1: The back end of their bullpen is good. Devin Williams, kid who came on the scene last year, the dude is, is nasty. I saw some of his pitching in spring training, too. The movement on his pitches, he, he throws this changeup, I think it is, that's just, it just drops. The bottom just drops out. And then he throws mid 90s fastball, completely throws hitters off bound. I think and he's only going to improve this year, hopefully. And then Josh Hader at the end. So the back end of the bullpen is, is legit.
0: Well, and and right, and I agree with that, and that's why I think they're an intriguing team in in a way, not an intriguing like they're going to be dominant or anything like that. Yeah. But I think until, if and until they show themselves that they're not going to be competitive, I think it, it would be it would it, it would be a mistake for St. Louis to sleep on Milwaukee you know, let's see how the season plays out. But I think they might have an opportunity to be a sleeper here. Um, But one, one last thing I'd like to say about this division before we go to the NL West, how, how many, how close in your opinion are the Cubs to being in total rebuild mode?
1: I think they're closer than people think. Um, They've had the issues with Chris Bryant over the last couple of years with his contract. Uh, Baez is a free agent after this year. And then I just saw today that Anthony Rezzo has cut off extension talks with the, with the organization. So their core group of players is coming up on free agency. You, you would assume they're not going to retain all of them. So I think they're, they're much closer to a rebuild than people think. And I don't know if they'll do a full-blown rebuild, just kind of start from the bottom and bring it back up again, or if they're going to try to kind of do almost like what the Yankees did a few years ago, which is stay somewhat competitive, have a couple pieces in place, still make some noise, be okay, but not, be, not have the expectation that you're going to make noise in the playoffs kind of thing. But I think the Cubs are a lot closer to kind of dismantling what we've known as the Cubs from that World Series, you know, even a couple of years before the World Series to what they're going to be as you know as soon as next year maybe even the trade deadline depends where they are i think in the division if they're falling behind third place fourth place and we're in getting close to the trade deadline that's some that's a team to watch out for the sellers
0: yeah i agree with that i mean cuz you know you mentioned bias um being a free agent Bryant is going to be a free agent as well and if if the Rizzo talks don't reignite he's he's going to be a free agent too right yeah. and i have to believe chris Bryan is gone because oh, yeah. they they've been dangling him in 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 trade rumors and all the rest of it so i think mentally he's already probably out of town um and Baez. I think he probably would like to be out of town, too, because I don't believe he wants to be part of a rebuild. He seems to me to be a guy with that swag. He likes the spotlight. You know, he likes to be able to play in meaningful games like most players do. And I, I don't believe he would want to hang around either. But Baez has to, you know, rehabilitate himself, too. He had a he had a rough 2020. And so he has to come back and he has something to play for, obviously with the looming free agency. But I I, I asked that question of you because I believe the Cubs are very, very close to being in total rebuild mode. And um, it's it's kind of amazing given, you know, just how recently they were one of the more dominant teams in baseball.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's crazy how fast, <laughs> almost how fast, life comes at you as a as a team. You know, you have all these young pieces in place, and next thing you know, you know they got their World Series out of it, which is good for the team, good for the city. But it's it's coming up, man, and their pitching too is it's questionable. You know, they let John Lester walk. I know he's a little older, but he was a leader in that in the, for that team. Never mind the pitching staff; he's a leader for the team. They let him walk. You know, we got to see what's going to happen with Hendricks. He was being dangled this offseason in trade rumors, too. So I, I I agree. They're very close to no longer being the, you know, competitive Cubs, we'll, we'll call them.
0: Yeah. I took a look at their rotation, Rob, and Kyle Hendricks, Zach Davies, Trevor Williams, and Jake Arrieta. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly putting putting fear.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this isn't you Jake Arrieta from no a few years back. You know?
0: No, so I, I look at the Cubs and I think it could be, it could be an ugly season in Wrigley this year. At
1: least the fans will be forgiving of them because you know they got them the World Series after hundred plus years. Sure.
0: So sure. I guess you know. <laughs> yeah. But it is just really startling to see how quickly yeah. their fortunes have have changed. Um, let's go out west. Where Do we need to talk about anybody other than the Dodgers and Padres? Do you see anybody else out there doing anything? Not really, no. <laughs> I mean, the Giants are going to be okay. I think they're going
1: to run around 500 for most of the season. Other than that, the Rockies are... They'll probably trade Trevor Story at the trade deadline because they're probably going to let him walk after the season if they don't trade him. Diamondbacks, they are who they are. But the Padres, you know, they made all these moves. They're they're coming for the Dodgers. And listen, the Dodgers said, okay, so we'll get Trevor Bauer, short this rotation. They got David Price back, who I think is a piece that's not talked about. We don't know what he's going to give innings-wise because he missed the season last year, but – I don't think enough people give credit to David Price. He's still a really good pitcher. He's not an ace, but he's a solid three, maybe even four in that Dodgers rotation. And I think he's going to be, you know, a key piece for them. And I think the Dodgers will take the division. I don't think the Padres have enough, even with their moves and, you know, their rotation being what they are and their offense being what it is with Tatis Jr. and Machado and all those guys. Um, But this is going to be an exciting division to see these two teams go at it. For as many games as they play with, against each other this
0: year, yeah. And there's a part of me that believes that now that the Dodgers have won the World Series, they've gotten that proverbial monkey off their back, and it it could be that a relaxed a relaxed Dodgers team hmm. will be the most dangerous thing we've seen because yep. they're not playing with that. World Series a bust mentality because they've come so close in years past. They got knocked out of the postseason before the World Series. They get to the World Series, and then they lose. And so they like, okay, the Dodgers have to win this year. Weren't we saying that last year, right? We said that for a couple of years. They have to win this year. Well, they won last year. And I believe that that has to be a collective sigh of relief for them that might allow them to go out there and play baseball in a very, you know, loose fashion where their talent, which has always been among the best in the league, can really thrive. And if that happens, man, the Dodgers Watch may out. be, <laughs> right, they may be really, really scary.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it, you you saying that kind of reminded me, and it pains me to say this, the Red Sox, back when they won their first World Series yeah. in four. Mm -hmm. Where after that, they've just been, you know, with the exception of a couple years here and there, they've been a very dominant team since then. And I think the Dodgers are, you know, as great as they have been, we may not have seen the best version of them yet. And now, you know, like you said, Dave Roberts, he finally got that ring. No more pressure of He's on the hot seat. No more. None of that stuff is going on this year. So I don't know, man. This team... (laughs) This team may may show us the best version. And, you know, the way they played in the playoffs, too, that we mentioned earlier, they came back against the Braves. They beat the Rays, who were the best team in the AL record-wise last year. So it wasn't like they just kind of walked through the playoffs and just, you know, destroyed everyone. They had to work and earn it, and they did. And, man, that, that could be a scary team out there.
0: Yeah, yeah I, they they really can. So... Um, But yeah, the Dodgers and Padres seem to, you know, be the two teams that bear watching in the NL West. And the rivalry should be interesting. Um, You know, but I think the Dodgers right now have to be viewed as the favorites out there.
1: Yeah, easily. They have to be.
0: Well, that's it for part one of the 2021 MLB Preview on Sports 360. Be sure to join us for part two.